Welcome, everyone. Welcome, welcome to, is this episode five, Hunter? Epis- it is. Episode five of the Got UIU podcast. And we have with us two legends of the FGC, not just in California, not just in Southern California, but in the world. Uh, Mr. Alex Valle and Jimmy. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. It's Friday night. It's the weekend. Can't complain. Crazy beer, guys. You know, like, um, I wish it was under better circumstances that we would be at events, you know, like high five yeah, each other, fist yeah. bumps, you know, seeing how your team's doing. But hey, you know what? We do what we got to do. We'll, we'll be back there. Be here. We'll be yeah, back there. We we'll get there. We'll get there. So, um, usually we like to do a little weekend review. Um, since the last week's podcast, I think, uh, but I think the biggest thing for all of us to talk about is there's been a, a new developments in Street Fighter. Uh, well, first of all, Ryu and Chun-Li have turned up in, in another game, which is Fortnite, which is very exciting <laughs> and cool to see. Uh, I don't know. Do you play much Fortnite, guys? I, I actually don't. Do you hunt? You know what? No, we 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 don't play. Yeah, <laughs> but do I, I tried I tried it before. Uh, I uh, I just fell off a a plane or whatever, right? And then I'm just going into I'm just gliding into the land. Uh-huh. And by the time I hit the floor, I just got gunned down. I'm like, Yo, that's the game. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. the game. I I couldn't even like I didn't even have weapons yet. I have like a pick or something. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. No. I... Yeah, <laughs> that that game is absolutely like insane to be good at. Like those young kids that are good at that game are absolutely nuts like the way that they can build and stuff like that but like on our topic with street fighter being introduced to them that is absolutely awesome like regardless of whether we play or not that is something to be excited about and like i even checked out the skins and i downloaded fortnite myself and checked them out and they looked dope so really excited about that and obviously we have the patch to go over as well so very exciting stuff this week from street fighter so yeah i think i saw the the fortnite world champion how do you say his name hunter booga Booga. Booga, yeah. Playing with yep. Snake Eyes, SoCal's very own Snake Eyes. They were playing like Fortnite and Street Fighter, so that's really cool. Getting new eyes on, you know, the Street Fighter uh, brand and also the game as well. And so we also had the the Capcom Finals. Did you guys get a chance to to watch that? The season, fin- not season finale, but the uh, Capcom season finals. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. it's it's the it's the celebration of the you know the end of the street fighter tour and mm-hmm. uh you know jimmy and i are, are really proud of like the players and of course the all the you know production teams that work really hard to get it together every year and you know it, it um, you know obviously unfortunately it wasn't a live experience but you know what we're adapting we that's part of the game right as fighting game players we adapt to balance change even when it comes to tournaments, yeah, especially you know the I mean? last minute cancellation of it. So yeah. it's yeah. really, really nice to to have something at least come out of it and not just like full out cancellation. Right. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that that's something that's been across all gaming and, 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 and esports, but FEC especially, you know, how we can adapt because we are so used to and we really live off of um, open bracket, big, big tournaments, locals, you know just getting together in a community. I mean, it's called the FGC fighting game community, but um, yeah, it was, it's been awesome all year to see the adaptations uh, from you guys as well with, you know, taking Wednesday night fights online, which you guys have already been doing, but obviously now it's, um, you know, a bigger, 
bigger part of Wednesday night fights than, than usual. Um, but, you know, like you said, we adapt as a community, and I think a lot mm-hmm. of cool innovations come out of this. Also, we had this year, of course, a Street Fighter League, so that was kind of like mm-hmm. more done in an NBA bubble type of scenario, I guess, you know, keeping everyone safe with COVID protocols and things like that. Um, yeah. But bringing everyone into one place, and, um, you know, as uh, as the vaccine keeps rolling out i'm really looking forward to seeing you guys offline again and seeing the rest of our fgc family but um yep. you know, yeah along Try with fist bumps and everything yeah yeah i mean we don't want to come back too soon of course but um i think i think things are looking up um and yeah then, of course there was uh a winter update or a is it called season five or winter update what's the exact it's the winter update yeah. on season five. That's that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> that's the professional way of saying five. it. <laughs> um, so we have, would you guys call him a fan favorite? Uh, Dan Hibiki returning to the game. I love Dan. I mean, personally, I, I played Dan since uh, Alpha One, actually, uh-huh. where he, where he was even more of a joke. But I think, I mean, he he's quirky until everyone figures out how to fight against him. Yeah. So take advantage of it right now <laughs> as it went before everyone figures out how to counter some of his antics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I got a little bit of lore about Dan if you guys want in, yeah, in the competitive field. Yeah, we love lore on this podcast. Yeah, so this this is an exclusive. Okay. Probably nobody knows about this. All right. Uh, so I met Mike Watson around the Alpha 1, you know, era, like uh-huh. 1990. Okay. And um, I, I'm going to fast forward, you know, my meeting rounds with him, yeah. he beat my ass, right? He like yeah. when we first played, as he as expected as his fighter, current one as a, mm-hmm. but uh, he was so good that even his Dan was a, and as much as a joke character you would think he is in the beginning, mm-hmm. if you don't know the stuff, like you're gonna get blown up in that game. You can chain combo into special, so that's why he was really really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Alpha Two came around, and uh, you know. You know that custom combo that was named after called the Via CC. Mm-hmm. So it's a yeah. proximity guard. If you're standing, if I activate, you're within the range. I can sweep you before you block. So I found out that custom combo with Dan. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I, with Dan. I, I was I, not in the strategy guide, by that, the way. Yeah, that was definitely not in the strategy <laughs> guide because I had to save that shit for nationals. Save it for nationals. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it wasn't that long from that uh-huh. B3 event since I found it, but. Um, it, it it was definitely shared across everybody. So yeah, Dan Dan is deep into the competitive sphere to mm-hmm. where it is now, where you see Punk winning the <laughs> the first NLBC right. and very other events with Dan. So Dan has a long rich history. So is he a fan favorite? You bet your ass. <laughs> yeah, I love seeing Dan back. Like in this whole like um, patch and everything. Like I, I absolutely love seeing it. And also like we talked about earlier, like. Capcom Finals, the whole like online circuit that we were fortunate to have in, in the circumstances, and Street Fighter League, like just thinking about it, like with everything that's happened with Street Fighter, like I'm personally like really thankful for the opportunities and all the different things that have come out since, like obviously the pandemic and stuff like that. And getting Dan back obviously is huge. Like the whole patch looks super entertaining to me. But yeah, I just want to say that like everything going on this year, like very very thankful for what we what we're able to accomplish and what we what we do have. Like it's amazing mm-hmm. uh, to me. Yeah, and uh, you know, giving thanks to to Capcom as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably don't know, but 
we're the ones who did CBT last year online. We took that uh, all on board for, for them and That's transitioned, awesome. I think, quite successfully from yeah. an offline to online and give everybody the chance to still compete given the fact that everyone at home couldn't mm-hmm. go anywhere else. So uh, it, it was great, great kudos to Capcom to reaching out to us, to turn that to online and about allow us to to just show people Street Fighter is still alive. Fighting games is still alive. Community is still alive. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's all it is. No matter what you do, we're going to come back. Yeah, and I think there is a generation of, at least in North America, some of these new players, they are kind of born from online play, right? Like your smugs and commies. and I mean, obviously, they, they eventually come offline and, and punks. They all uh, come offline eventually, but they started online. So, I mean, in some ways, I was wondering, does this kind of give an advantage to some of these people who are more used to, like, you know, grinding it out online and stuff? Um, But I think we've seen interesting results across all fighting games, across all competitive games as we switched online. And at the end of the day, it's still still is top talent um, beating top talent, right? But um, there's little things you got to know about how to play online as well but um yeah yeah okay. offline gives you the opportunity to play you know real time but online gives you such a diverse ecosystem to jump into play just anybody right you can play the most skilled person or the most random person who's like you don't can't read them mm-hmm. it's just it's a great way to 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 connect and whether you may not know the person personally you get to see them as a a, a fighter yeah. you know and then you also get to learn your own weaknesses against different play style. Something you probably can't really do right. if you don't go to off an offline event. Right. So yeah. Well, oh, yeah. go ahead. I, I was just I was just gonna say we, we are in a in an interesting timeline mm-hmm. where you know offline is the optimal you know conditions to play at, and then when online was introduced, we're look we're looking at it like this ain't real, right? Mm-hmm. But as you said, there's players nowadays uh, born into playing in the online they didn't know how offline you know like they thought like yeah offline they can play with computer or like with training mode but their con- real condition is online and then when then then they have to adjust to offline. so it's 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 full circle now and yeah uh, yeah everybody has has their say about online but i'll tell you this the <laughs> The punks and those guys—they mm-hmm. started online. They didn't say. I mean, yeah, they complained about the online, but they played through. Mm-hmm. Like the best players will play through it, and they they will persevere through the conditions they have to to, to improve their game. Adapt. Right? Agreed. Adapt. Correct. Agreed. Yeah, and like Street Fighter Netcode, people obviously have their opinions on that, and like online and stuff like that, like you mentioned. But like you know reality of it is is there's a lot of games that are in the same boat and like you said the champions are are still rising to the top you know obviously we're in other games like call of duty the same teams are at the top that were on top you know offline so that's a very good point i think you just made you know like you know real top competitors will find a way no matter what so i i really like that um right there because it's true for multiple titles and just the situation we're in right now and the silver lining of all this is think about if if we didn't have that much time offline last year mm-hmm. or online. Can you imagine how the net code would still be? I mean, mm-hmm. last year definitely is a, a you know use case of saying, hey, look, net code needs to be better. Because mm-hmm. everyone's asking for it, right? It's the accessibility is there. Uh, 
and I don't want to bring up another IP, but Strive is doing a great job with the next. Right? That's just you Don't know, figure, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, foreshadowing yeah. Of what what things can be. And last year was a great example of why netcode is so important. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so, um, having run you know Wednesday night fights, you guys have a long history of bringing up new players, competitive players, um, from the region and kind of breaking them onto the national scene. I'm sure you've seen your fair share of kind of offline, uh, you know, infamous names off, um, online coming offline um, and then kind of earning their stripes for the off, uh, offline world. But um, what would you get, what kind of advice would you give to someone who's trying to get into Street Fighter competitively or even just starting to play now? Because obviously, you know, you jump in to ranked play online, um, you're just kind of thrown in with, you know, a bunch of people who are maybe beginners, but maybe not. Um, it's much different, obviously, than to entering, you know, a Wednesday night fights for the first time or a, a weekly for the first time or a big tournament. How, given that we can't right now go to, you know, an offline event, how would you kind of, um, what kind of advice would you give to new players as they try to get into the competitive scene or just into the FGC in general right now? Good, Alex, you first. Yeah. Uh... So the, there's there's interesting ways to to go about this, mm -hmm. and if we're talking about online, mm -hmm. and this this holds weight for offline, of course, actually derives from. My first advice, if you're getting into not just Street Fighter but any fighting game, is to make friends, okay? Mm -hmm. Because it's a lonely, it's a very lonely world, a very lonely competitive like if you start yeah. going competitive and going to training mode all the things that you have to do to practice is by yourself mm -hmm. so you know not everybody has that drive some of us do but i can tell you this and i can promise you that if you find friends or rivals with the same type of passion you're going to be motivated to do anything mm. like they're they're just going to tell you things that you never would have thought of um they can meet up with you they can be your coaches, it can be your mentor, that can just be there for you. Mm -hmm. Do that first, okay? Like, there's so many of us. You can reach out to any one of us. This is even before you even pick up the sticks. Like, you're like finding out who's yeah. the best what, go to their stream, be a part of their community. Look at that. You haven't even played the game yet, but you're just, you feel inclusive to it. And then you'll, you'll play. I'm being real here now. This is yeah, like 2021. Yeah. So then when you're finally getting ready to play, now you have people to like talk to right away. You don't. You never feel like, oh, I can't do this combo trial. I don't know what to do. Well, hey, I saw Smug do it for fun, or and or one of you know, uh, one of his followers or something, and we'll have a conversation. And you see that that's mm -hmm. the work of the community, and that's how it was in the arcades. In the arcades, you would go to an arcade, and you just see a lot of people. So it's it's unavoidable that you eventually have to talk to. <laughs> you can be a loner and kind of like yeah. put a quarter in, don't say anything, but that's actually kind of more, that's more awkward than going like, oh, I got next and uh, not saying anything. You know, not, yeah, not saying anything. So <laughs> it's like <laughs> that part, that the essence of grassroots community, it, it, it lives on through online. So I, I recommend that. And then, and then the, the real nitty gritty is pick a character that you think looks cool. Just yeah. as simple as that. You just like you look at a character, you're like, oh damn, character reminds me of like Magneto, and or this character is like big, 
big on buff guy. I'm a, I'm a, you know, mm-hmm. a bodybuilder. I'm a Dr. Danny fan. You know, yeah. I'm, gonna, <laughs> yeah. you know I'm aspiring. Yeah, anything that you can connect with. Yeah. And it, it doesn't even matter if that character is good or not. What's going to matter is that you're going to do fun and cool things with that character. Yeah. Find identity. Yeah. Find identity with the character. Try to find yeah. something to relate, you know, with the character and say, hey, that's, this is an extension of me. Right. And how I express myself is through this character. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and and the, after that, please, please ask as many questions as possible because uh, to your, you know, like I said, to your peers or um, if, if you're looking at like uh, a, a player that streams mm-hmm. and be and be very, uh, you know, be very descriptive in, uh, about your issues. Uh, like, say, I'll give an example. Uh, don't don't just go in there and and spend your you know because the streamers they try to answer as many questions as possible but you got to put it in their shoes like they, they can only have so many times so yeah. if you ask a question don't just go I'm new to Street Fighter any tips that will take forever to reply yeah. to so yeah, uh, be specific yeah be be specific, specific. like like here here here's a good example <laughs> like say oh hey I'm a Ryu player uh, and I'm struggling versus Cami. Uh, in that in that matchup, like, uh, what do you do versus her dive kick? Boom, you know, yep. like that's very specific. And mm-hmm. then you know, be be courteous about their time. Just do one thing at a time. Get that idea. Take it to the lab. Get, find another question. But you know, may you might want to ask somebody else or go back to them later. So him or her. So it, it's it, it it's about you know respect and you doing the work too. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's we're we're all in it together, yep. but we all want to like improve on oneself so. yeah going to add on, on that is like there's some some key words that you, you want to also remember is be proactive mm-hmm. right don't expect anybody to do the work for you and follow up always follow up don't be discouraged right and one thing you need to also learn in the war of fighting games is learn how to take the loss and oh, the loss doesn't mean good. necessarily mean the game itself right it's like yeah sure you reach out to somebody they don't uh, re, uh respond to you and that's take the loss move on right don't don't be so discouraged don't be so demotivated when someone beats you someone doesn't talk back to you or someone doesn't want to help you it's hey the world is huge right yeah so learn how to take the l and learn from it right and also celebrate your your tiny victory right because you may not win the grand final in your but celebrate every victory and every win you can along the way and Learn how to to relish in it, and how learn how to cherish every victory you take. Because if you focus too much on the big picture, like oh, I want to be on the grand stage, I want to be champion, you're gonna skip over the short term goal, right? And you're focusing too much on the long term. Mm. Take your steps, one at a time, and whatever you 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 can gain and learn from, take that as a win for yourself, and really celebrate that. Don't 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 think of Oh, I can't get to the, this this level because of this, this, and this. Like just making excuses for yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's where the proactive part comes in. Keep 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 at it. I know it sucks to lose. We all get salty. I get it. We we hate you know getting beat down. But you know what? At some point, you're gonna learn something out of it. There's a lesson in every every loss you take, right? And successes come from the loss. Yeah, I mean, you guys have seen. <clears throat> excuse me, players, uh, like all skill levels, you know, at Wednesday night fights and with level up series. Right. So I, I kind of want to touch on that in this podcast as well, because 
obviously, you know, us at UIU, we watch a lot of Wednesday night fights. We watch all that stuff, right? And you're kind of, you know, the, the guys behind it. So, like, what, how did that kind of, how did you guys start Level Up Series Wednesday night fights? And how did it kind of, like, the like evolve from there? Like, how, like, I kind of want to go, like, tell that story a little bit. Because it's, like, something that I've always wondered. Like, I tune into Wednesday night fights. And I'm like, this is so cool. Like, this is actually so cool. Like, because I go to the majors, right? And you see all kind of skill levels, right, there. But you guys have that in Southern California. Many other communities have it you know, around the country. And I think it's just so pivotal, right? Like kind of what was the vision starting it and kind of like, yeah, we'll start at the beginning. Like what, what was the vision starting it and kind of when, when you were, I guess, torching the path for it? We got to bust the Bible out here. Uh, okay. All, all right. right, Alex, you can start. Long time ago. <laughs> okay. All right. So, all right. Um, mm -hmm. so our local arcade, uh, the biggest one closed down in like early 2000s, Southern Hills gone. Okay, mm -hmm. so after that, there you know, there's a few arcades left, like AI, Family Fun, and Super Arcade, the old, the older Super Arcade mm -hmm. before Mike Watson get over, and uh, it just started to die down. You know, like there's no new game. It's been a long time. Anytime those places would have a tournament, it would be maybe a monthly or a yearly. It just it started to dwindle. Even the tournament scene, it started to like go down. So, uh, and I took a bit of a break and, you know, I would still go to Evo to support every year. And mm -hmm. when near Evo time, I would spend time with like people that I thought that I would practice with. I would train them, you know, like Afro legends for super turbo, right? He was like my, my, at least I, I was going to say latest, but <laughs> in the mid early two thousands, he was like the last, last one I would train super turbo era mm -hmm. and uh he placed top eight at his first evo um you know he did really well versus daigo but uh i just thought like wow you know what maybe i i can i can train more people but like i just wish there was a new street fighter and then here it comes street fighter 4 yeah comes out and um so then i'm like okay this is a great opportunity uh and we get we can actually get to play a port you know yeah. that works because you got to understand, there was no Street Fighter ports that worked 100% like the arcade prior to Street Fighter. Okay, right. like you can you can name them all. It just they didn't. And uh, so, so ever arcade perfect. Yeah. So I mean, we were we were blessed with having Street Fighter Four arcade game at some of the last standing uh, venues mm -hmm. in Southern California. And then in February 2009, when it finally came out for consoles, uh, you know, I actually had like a year to to test things and invite people to my house, right? Like I try to invite people to my house, and only two people showed. <laughs> I even called out a lot of really? people like to come out. Only two people showed. Two One people. of them was Afro Legends. <laughs> Uh, the super turbo guy, another guy named Tatsu, which inevitably came one of the best Vega players in Street Fighter 4. Mm -hmm. So I I thought, I went back and I thought, damn, all right, maybe that is going to be too intimidating. Maybe I'm too good and people don't want to go to his house and stuff. So yeah. I'm like, all right, how about we go to, you know, I talked to a couple of my friends. We went to another gentleman's house uh, named Denton and uh, and we had it in Costa Mesa. We were just there and gathering in his apartment, and 20 people. What the? F you know, it's the same people I invited. You know, and uh, I'm like, oh, this is great, but obviously that didn't last that long. 
And then one of my uh, good friends uh, by my house uh, said he would lend us to use his garage, which was called, uh, his name is Dan, S H G L B M X. He used to go to Southern Hills Golf Land when he was 15, 13 years old, whatever, uh, back, back, back in the day. So I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, let's go to your, just go to your pad. And that garage could fit like 50 or something people. And and happened to fall on a Wednesday, so this was before like the we we really brought structure. This we, we were just doing gathering, okay. Mm-hmm. So it started with gathering, and then it turned to simulation. So I, I would mm-hmm. do like boot camp. I would invite people to come down. So I was trying to uh, figure out different ways to you know to improve the scene because they they weren't very good at the game. You know, I was being coming impatient, and you know, I was mm-hmm. still becoming impatient. And once finally, where um, I I saw it, it was uh, it was becoming a bit more structured. Uh, Jimmy caught wind of it. And I haven't talked to him in a long time uh, for since then because he focuses on car- on his career and finish up the school while I was like you know doing my my jobs that I just wanted to play games at the end of the day. <laughs> so, um, but uh, he came down and. Uh, you know, he had a conversation with me saying like, yo, this is really cool that, you know, well, first he likes Street Fighter 4, but it's really cool, you know, with what I'm doing. But then he asked the the big questions from there. Like he asked <laughs> yeah. like, so yeah. what do you want to do with this, right? So then I'll let him kind of dabble from there. Yeah, so the goal, even for uh, Alex's story, the, the lore there was, we actually met in the in the arcade at Golfland. And uh, back then, you know, like, like all of us, we played Street Fighter since the World Warrior days, mm-hmm. and growing up in grade school, sorry, junior, junior high school, high school, playing that stuff. But I didn't meet Alex until after he won his Alpha 3 championship back in 98? Yeah, 98. 98. And so I got introduced to Golfland, as Alex mentioned, <laughs> and that's when I started to take competitive Street Fighter seriously. Mm-hmm. But then, obviously, the caliber of players at Golfland, I would just stop. I would go like 1-2. Sometimes O2. And I think at that point, you know what? No one's really capturing all this action going on. Right. So I went out there, took my parents' credit card, and said, hey, I'm going to buy a camcorder. Started capturing tournament footage and wow. to dis- distribute that on VHS. Not DVD. Yeah. We're not there yet, right? <laughs> wow. On VHS. Yeah. And uh, I worked with the arcade operator, operator at Mylon to get direct footage from the cabinet itself. So oh, I wow. started with CBS one, then Marvel two, CBS two, and just really started capturing the matches every month at Golfland. So that became more of the passion. So instead of focusing all my time on competing, I wanted to showcase players like Alex, James Chen, and anyone who played there and say, here, here's the caliber of players you're gonna see at Golfland. This is Soul Cal Street Fighter, right? right. And like I like to say that I kind of helped fill the the West Coast East Coast thing because it's <laughs> footage was starting to be distributed and from there i i started uploading that digitally to shoryken.com mm-hmm. helped out the canner brothers there that became my passion is post-production of torment foot so then to pass uh, fast forward past the dark ages of street fighter to street fight 4 i'm sitting at work thinking you know what what what, 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 what can i do to get back into this this whole street, street fighter thing and then Announcement of Street Fighter 4 came out. I think everyone and every single person, old school guy, was like, what? Finally, a Street Fighter 4. 
And that's when I, I said, this, this is it. If they're going to come out with a console port, we can ca definitely capture footage a lot easier and distribute mm -hmm. that. So that, that got my, my, foot, my footing back into doing what I wanted to do. Then I caught, caught one of Alex doing his thing and said, like he said, what, what do you want to do with it? You know, what, what's, your, what, what's your intent here? Do you want to you know, train the next generation of fighters? Do you just want to school them and show them you know, how you play a street fighter? And you know, that's where we, we met other people who had the same passion. And AJ Papa at that time started doing some streaming on Ustream. And I said, wow. oh, we can do live streaming now? And because back then when we were doing the Evo, live streaming was, was pretty much non-existent. Right. Uh, networking was so bad. Technology was pretty bad. And we could never get anything really, really uh, good going. Mm -hmm. So thanks to AJ and his, his equipment there, I got the inspiration to say, you know what? I just want to start something amongst me, Alex, and AJ, and whoever else was there to do Wednesday Night Fights. When it wasn't called Wednesday Night Fights yet. It was just more of, let's, get, let's gather, let's show people how to play Street Fighter. Alex, you can, you can train people using uh, Ryu, Bison, whoever, and then we can showcase matches. And that's really when we started coming up with things like band matches, sh showcases, uh, getting commentators uh, on, on the mic. We had James Chen and Ultra Davis start in the garage. Yeah. And it, the, the passion really turned into how do we develop the community from the ground up, from players to uh, talent, commentators, mm -hmm. and really showing people, hey, we can showcase Street Fighter online even though we can't go travel a lot. Right. right. And... That's where one of the fights really, really came uh, came together, and from there, Level Up became a company. I started pushing really hard on developing the business, figuring out the networking, teaching this guy how to do business, teaching <laughs> the other uh, founders at that time what it really meant to to be part of a business and how you can contribute to, to also your passion at the same time, right? And it turned it, it started off as just some guys loving Street Fighter, mm -hmm. and it turned to uh, an events company that did events, uh, tournaments, and there it just grew, grew, and grew, and we did all kinds of games, all kinds of live streams. We did a lot of, a lot of white label events, mm -hmm. and while a lot of people uh, saw us as trying to make money, we really weren't. You know, we just wanted to 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 have fun and go go do what we 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 did back then, and turn into something more modern. Yeah, that's why I still had a day job. You know, I was still carrying day job up until last year when pandemic hit and I got laid off. You know, so we're 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 not making money. We're just doing it for the community. Right. I mean, the community was already there, but it wasn't until you kind of were able to marry that to the. I guess the technology came came along at the right time too to really get the broadcast footage out there because, I mean, if people are, I always use this analogy of. Um, you know, like the UFC and the Gracie family, like if they were just always beating people up down in Brazil, but we never got to see them on that first UFC where they came to America and beat every other type of martial art, um, the world probably wouldn't know about, about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. We wouldn't know about this whole thing of like, you know, no holds barred fighting. Um, yep. It really is the broadcasting of stuff and, and um getting to show the strengths of the scenes, like the players, and like you said, like the community and, and everything there. So, I mean, 
I think without the foundation that you guys laid, a lot of what we have now, you know, w really wouldn't be here. And um, you really were kind of pioneers in that sense. Uh, it's it, it's always interesting to me when people are able to like uh, ride the technology wave at the right time too. That was um, really kind of before even YouTube, I'm guessing, right? Oh yeah, YouTube was, uh, I think, they were just already graduating from their garage <laughs> into the, the empire they are now. Yeah. And uh, that's when Justin TV came out and then shortly later rebranded themselves to twitch.tv. So yeah, we, we started on Ustream, then Justin, and then Twitch. And Wow. That is like some, some stories <laughs> that like, I personally, like when I joined UIU, I immediately started watching the WNF and I was like, dude, this is so cool. Like, I want to know the past on it. This, what you guys have told me, like starting like in your apartment or your house or whatever, and then going to the garage, like that is, it's literally like the coolest thing ever to me. But like, I kind of want to like know more, like obviously like WNF now I can watch it and I can see what's going on. You know, I know what that, what that's like. I've been to locals, I've been to majors and stuff like that. But kind of like before then, like when you guys, you said you met in the arcades, like what, what, around what time period was that? And like, what, <laughs> and um, kind of what was that atmosphere like for the viewers that, that don't really understand what arcades were like? Like how many people were there? Did you play, you know, one game, two games? You know, what, what was the kind of the, what did that look like, you know, back, back in that time? Uh, so I'll start since I would go from my perspective because I wasn't really a top player back then. Uh, we, mm -hmm. I met, met Alex in 1999. That's 20, 22 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it was it was interesting because you go there, you see him play. He's always on the, the cabinet, see a row of tokens, and someone who isn't a pro player comes in. You're just, you're just wowed. And seeing him have a 20-win streak, 30-win streak at some point and just playing, so it's almost like meeting your hero because I actually saw him first on a VHS tape of the championships. Oh, wow. <laughs> then wow. I met him later after the fact, and I actually went to his apartment. I saw the cabinet. He won. Holy crap. You, you have a big Capcom <laughs> blue cabinet, bro. And I was really shy because, I, you know, to, to me, he was the top dog at that point. Mm -hmm. So seeing him and that the, 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 the trophy he won, and going to the arcade, it was almost a culture shock, right? Because you go in there, everyone's playing, the focus is there. You can tell. It's just like when we go to live events now, you see everyone just focused playing on that, mon looking at that monitor and joystick. We're the same way. So it inspired me to also up my game. And, you know, I, I took a couple of rounds from, from Alex, never really took a full set from, from him, but it, it motivated me. And then you can see the rivalries forming within the arcade itself because I think it's lagging a little bit right now. Yeah. It's all good. Kind of like how we have region battles now. Mm -hmm. Back then it was arcade battles. With the same city, some deeds and then get dirty looks and then Alex himself would go in there and just body everybody eventually at some point get threatened too <laughs> there's more <laughs> stories about violence back in the day too uh, because gangs played street fighter back then and oh, really? it was crazy wow. really yeah, yeah wow yeah. Uh, okay um 
We'll, we'll we'll take it way way back. We'll we'll take it to. <laughs> this is what I want. 1991. Okay, I'm about 13, going on 14. I, I'm going to my you know, I I already you know as a Nintendo nerd and I, I've wow. been to arcades. You know that's go, okay. Going to arcades is the um, it's literally like if you were into pool, if a pool a shooting pool was very popular, mm-hmm. and it's like everywhere. That's just the thing that you did. Okay, that's part of the things that you did. You like going to the movie, you know, right. going around one of these things. So it was a thing to do. So from school to on the way to school and back, I would stop by either a convenience store, a liquor store, and you know, I would play just video games. Street Fighter wasn't out yet. Once it was, like I went to my seven eleven, I was I need I wanted to oh my mom told me to go get me like quarters for the laundry, right? Mm-hmm. So and uh you know you know what you do as a kid right you 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 take some of that money and yeah. uh you get some snacks you get our quarters right and then you're like wait what's this and you see normal okay back then these arcade games were played like just one player playing like a for score there wasn't really a competitive unless they're trying they're both trying to beat the boss like so once street fighter came out and you saw people i saw people there and i'm like oh okay that's cool that's awesome. I stayed there for a few hours. My mom's all like, where the hell? You know, she's paging me and shit. Like, where the hell are you? And then um, I'm like, oh, if they have this game here, let me go to the next block. Let me go to my arcade and see if they have it there. Of course they're going to have it there. So I, when I went to my arcade, it was called Beach and Warner Arcade in Huntington Beach, California. I went over there, and there was like 15 of these. And every single one had about 20 people on the machine. Every single one. Okay, so yeah, you look at that, and you look at how Wednesday Night Fights, the live event in Esports Arena, was that's that was like that. It was exactly like, okay, I fell in love instantly with that. Yeah, dude, I was like, bro, I can challenge these guys. Endless competition. I've never seen these people in my life, Mm -hmm. and that's just one venue, one, right? Yeah, one, one. So like, I'm like, I was so after that day of the arcade. Because you know it has it, it closes at a certain time, right? Mm-hmm. I I would just walk and I go to my laundry mat. It's there too. So that's what people don't realize. the The culture back then was: imagine if you had, if every town, every Seven Eleven, every mm-hmm. pizza parlor had your game, you wouldn't care for netcode. You wouldn't care for online play yeah. because you would play those guys. And you know what? Also back then. And I know that I don't want to ruffle too much on this topic, but uh-huh. uh, the level of competition because the games weren't like frame intensive and they didn't have a lot of battle mechanics, yeah. but people dedicated themselves to be the best at that location. They yep. did whatever yep. it took. They uh-huh. did they did whatever it took. So, uh, and it was the age of exploration. Like, oh, you tick throw me into whatever, yeah. or you like you glitched me out or something. Dude, it was hyper hyper competitive yeah. all right so you know how does this all translate to going into like how wins and i fights develop is like me and jimmy like we met at the arcade and it was it it, it wasn't as the wild west as before but it was still more of like now where where california has kind of been found out we know the best players in like mm-hmm. la orange county inland empire san diego NorCal, yeah, we know California, 
but we don't know all of Arizona. We don't know Texas. We don't know. That's the next step. So that was, it was a gradual, like, how do, how do we, how does California fit into all of this? That's why my handle is called Cali, Cali palette. You know, right. it, it's, uh, I went from all the way down to San Diego, all the way up to Folsom, Sacramento, kick everybody's ass. And yeah. I, and I, I called out, <laughs> I called out That's everybody. Fair. I, this is Mike Watson's talking yeah. because I called out everybody to come out and play like, yo, that Ken player from whatever I, like I would go to the store manager and I was like, Hey, go call the best player here. I'm waiting. Tell him if he beats me, I'll buy him lunch. Like I would do whatever it takes to play the best player. It was like super hustle, super like, you know, I'm th- this is the way this, Twitter wasn't around. So this is how right. I got my name out there because, you know, it's like, yo, that, that guy from Westminster, California, or that little Mexican kid they used to call me, <laughs> that little Mexican kid from Westminster, California is yeah. calling out like some big ass guys, some gangbangers. Good thing some of my friends were gangbangers, but you know, I wasn't one. But I'll tell you, you also need, if you were going to come like that, you needed to come with a crew, yep. or uh-huh, especially to a right. new town. If you didn't come with a crew, you're going <laughs> to, it's going to be bad news for you real quick. So, so just well. add more on, on why gangs uh, were involved it's because <laughs> when yeah. you look back at a word warrior and uh-huh. what ali said was not an exaggeration literally every place you go to had at least three street fighter two machines and this is this this happened all the way to super turbo bowling alleys ice skate uh, ice skating rinks arcades laundromats liquor stores uh the bigger the place the more street fighter machines you're gonna see right that's how much outreach this game had mm-hmm. so can you imagine even in the bad areas of neighborhood, had a Street Fighter machine. And of course, when, you know, gangs find need a way to, to get their frustration out, they went to Street Fighter. And of course, when a city has rival gangs, guess what happens? They go to a local arcade, which has whether the latest Street Fighter or even the older version. Right. So gets thrown. Oh, man. Yeah. Being thrown back then was not the thing to do because yeah. you get, get in the fights. So uh, I, li- I live in w- Westminster. So this is AKA called Little Saigon, biggest Vietnamese community outside of Vietnam itself. Oh, okay? wow. okay. And when I, when I moved into this area, I had to be escorted by my Asian friends to certain regions to play. <laughs> no, literally, uh, like, because yeah. yep. there was a group of, see, this is before no loitering uh, signs were around. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know if you guys are, remember that, but uh, after school ends, the all the kids would just congregate at parking lot, yeah, like hundred deep. It's crazy. A lot of kids anywhere, right? So when I went to go buy my parents like bun me bread or any like Vietnamese stuff because Vietnamese food is so cheap. Yep. We, that's we <laughs> ate that night and day. Fifty cent. Yeah, I get rolled this big. So, yeah. <laughs> so when I would when I would go, I would get all the dirty looks, and they're like, "Hey, what, you know, what, what set you're from? Where you here, right?" Because oh, yeah, the city yeah. over is the Latino city called Santa Ana. Mm-hmm. And so they thought, um, oh, you know, so two and three together. So just a little history there. We can go forever on it. But we we grew up with, like, okay. We 
he made it a point with the store managers and the, the arcade operators, hey, you should have these rules. You know, hey, you can't have people that are not, if they're just sitting around not spending money, you mm-hmm. got to watch out for them. You know, if they're coming with a company, you know, warning them. And we eventually make sure it was somewhat of a safe space. And uh, we took all that knowledge, right, to, you know, to welcome the next generation of players. Like, hey, I'm inviting them to my house or a garage. And then after that, it went to a Dave & Buster's. It went to a Hollywood Park Casino. It went yep. to uh, the Proud Bird. It went to Super Arcade, Mike Watson's place. And eventually, yeah, all of this was learning experience of what we had to deal with in the past. Yep. So right. everything that people are experiencing now, you know, of course, like all the crazy stuff that's been going on. Yeah, yeah. of course, you know, we've been there, but we we want the way that we help, help people is we, we, we're in a personal level. Like we help them and we talk to them in, in a private manner because the, the more the public knows their struggle, a lot of people, like it, if it doesn't happen to them, they don't know. So that's why we, we, Definitely. we, we don't, you know, we're, we're trying to make safe spaces and, and learn a lot. Plus, you know, having as many games as possible for everybody to play. Right. And without, without that type of formula, Wednesday Night Fights would have never like progressed out of that garage. Because we knew what was coming after that. Because the more public it is, the the more problems gonna come. So many amazing people to uh, cater. To. A lot of old lessons from our past to help us guide how not to behave in the community. You know, <laughs> and just let you know the the whole gang stuff faded out really quick. I think around uh-huh. Super Street Fighter Two, it started to fade out yeah. because you know activity, police activity started to ramp up and arcades actually became more more safe at, at the time. Mm-hmm. And arcades were closing because of violence, right? So it evolved quickly. Don't think it, it lingered right. that long. Right. Yeah. yeah. So as you know, the it was very regional kind of thing and, and even neighborhood kind of thing of who was the best. Um, around what time did you guys start to have battles with people from other other regions or even you know like y- you guys are the godfathers of socal regionals right which is more than just socal uh that's for the whole really not just western region but the whole country to come to um how did that next step kind of go from from you know arcades and wednesday night fights to just more of a, a, a not just national but even global um competition how did that all really change everything well, I think it started in the garage, actually, because when we, some of the old school heads came up, play from San Diego, mm-hmm. right? And then they're like, oh, dude, you guys are doing something? Is why playing it again? You know, so that, that's, it started there slowly. But I think as we progressed to different venues, David Buster's and the timeline Alex laid out, people started getting uh, more whim, uh, wind of it that, oh, there's actually competition here. And they would come as far as Las Vegas and, uh, initially, uh, and then Central California. And I think up to now, we have people sometimes come from Arizona. Yeah. We have some big, something big to, that happens at once in fights. Yeah. Um, so, you know, to add on what Jimmy's saying is uh, <laughs> it actually, th- it this came from the arcade era because as soon as as soon as I've shown my dominance in that era from 96 to 2001, mm-hmm. uh, the competition came to me. Like yep. at Southern Hills Golf Club. Oh, okay. like, like people people that had a vacation 
right? Uh, that wanted to go to Disneyland or something. They came. To, they they went to go play me. They called the arcade to find out if I played. Wow. Uh, that if I yeah or what or whatnot, and I I would make appointments to come down and play and whatever. So uh or and and that happens now or at least when we had a live event, uh-huh. pe- like players from around the world and you, you know like they they come out and they they purposely if they had a to be in California for the weekend. They purposely come in on Tuesday because they want to stop by yep, Wednesday night yep. fights. A lot of stories right. about that one yep. too. Oh yeah, <laughs> they want to stop by Wednesday night fights, especially like when Capcom does a lot of their uh, you know pre-production stuff for Capcom Cup. All the players request yep. to come to Wednesday night fights. You know, like or from any genre of gaming, like uh, even like other uh, yeah first-person shooters, like. Some some pro players came down. Uh, League of Legends guys came down. It's just a visit, right? Esports Arena yeah. also giving them huge props because they uh, they cater to all the other genres and uh, they do they do the same things like we do, like trying to find the diamonds in the rough for other um, like all, all the other genres that we mentioned. And they also curious, like, hey, how are the fighting guys doing? And yep. they invite them on Wednesdays. So like, uh, I, I would have to pat ourselves on the back for making the place like that accessible and you know even if you didn't like fighting games but you're curious about it we have an event for you so mm-hmm. that's the essence of ones and i yeah it's like every venue we were at yeah always always yeah had alex as the attraction oh why is doing this why is doing this but then as we went to each venue you know new emerging players were coming up too so props to them to you know for making a a place for themselves at one of fights and, oh i can go play this player here let's go you know <laughs> And then when we went to Super Arcade, of course, the, the friendship between Alex and, and Watson. I knew Watson, too, back then as well. But, you know, just having two old farts there at the arcade come, and that's also a, an attraction there. So, you know, just naturally the history of how we, we came up in arcades followed us uh, through one Night Fights, and it benefited and helped bring community together. That's awesome. And, yeah. you know... Speaking of of that, um, actually following this podcast, we actually have a a three on three West Coast showdown on the new, the latest update of season five. We have um, JV, uh, Samurai, and Nephew taking on Alex Myers. I think these are actually. I'm pretty sure everyone, uh, every one of these guys has come through once in fights. Alex Myers, Chrissy Ch, and uh, Filipino Man. So that. That's the two teams there. Do you have any predictions on that? I'm just gonna throw sure. throw it out there. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna always root for the the rising stars. Now I think uh-huh. Chris CCH, it's 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 his time. It's yeah. definitely his time to uh re- really showcase the consistency. Now yeah. it's it's not like a breakout anymore. Yeah. He's beaten Daigo in Capcom, right? Or Capcom Pro Tour in Canada. That shows that you know he's got the potential, and on top of that, uh, he's top three in just about every Wednesday night fights online. You know he's already done well offline, but online, and it's like there's no stopping his momentum. So that yeah. that kind of you know and he, he what is he barely like twenty twenty one now? He's really young. young yeah, yeah. yeah very very yeah. young. He's got such a bright future, and on top of that. He's got Luigi as a that rival, which is another monster into the scene. Mm-hmm. You know the yeah. the Luigi, the Mario and Luigi brothers, right? They're <laughs> um, 
it's such it, it just reminds me of like how me and Choi and me and Watson mm-hmm. like our dynamic like we we played so much and we're so competitive against each other and that's all it takes you only need a couple right you yep. only need that uh those two or those three like look at uh, big bird and angry bird right that's a perfect example from the middle east and they're just tearing it up you know as long as you have that going on um props to him to chris cch sure like uh i you know everybody else that you mentioned like Mm -hmm. they've they've already like made crazy strides and uh, i just wanted to (laughs) give that kid some props because i don't know if he hears it enough but like i i really do wish him like and all the other players, Filipino man, you know, he bless him for like coming back. You know, he's been on and off, mm-hmm. but he when he came back, he just won. He won a Wednesday night fight. So yeah. like we miss him. You know, we miss him. We, we we hope like he continues on and shows people like how good he really is when he cares. You know, he's yeah. kind of off and yeah. on. <laughs> Anton has that that funny yeah. side of him yeah. where he's like, yeah, yeah, I don't care what is ever you know. But when he <laughs> when he turns it up, he can turn it up. Yeah, yeah. I think there'd be a pinch of upset here. You yeah. know. So underdogs. Yeah, obviously I, <laughs> I always root for my for my guy JB, but I'll I'll agree on Chris CCH. Um before like this before recently I I remember watching him play like soccer and stuff like that. And I was so impressed by Chris and he's so young that like I agree, like I'm always rooting for that up and coming talent. Some we as an organization obviously pride ourselves on picking up people and kinda, you know, guiding them on their way. So like Chris, you know, I, I hope to see good things out of him tonight, but hopefully, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, but, but yeah, Jimmy, who do you think's gonna take it? Underdogs. Underdogs. Is, yeah, that team. Yeah, I, I mean, okay. I think with, with Samurai, he he can be his worst enemy. Like, you've seen mm. his play. Like there, there's times when he's like just tuned in, dialed in. Sometimes when he gets just gets on that that little rocky foundation, he can really become he can crumble down. And so we'll, we'll see. We'll see what version of Samurai that comes out. If if if, if he's on his game. But I'm always rooting for underdogs, sure. Yeah, uh, to add on that, like, Samurai, he's been in the show, you know? He's Mm -hmm. been in Street Fighter League. He's been in Capcom Cup, right? So, if anything, the pressure is more on him. Because Chris, you know, Chris CCH, if Anton takes it seriously, like, you know... (laughs) That's that's who I would worry about. I would worry about the new kids. Kind of like when Justin Wonk and I was like on the top like me and Duck Doe were the best in Marvel Capcom 2 in the West Coast. Right. And then when we finally fought like East Coast competition and Justin Wong was coming up, we're like, all right, we have our game plan. We saw him play and we're like Word? <laughs> yeah. Word? <laughs> he tore us up. Oh man, we were he not ready. We we were not ready. East Coast Marvel is too good. <laughs> we're not ready. Yeah, There's I, some absolute legends from the East Coast, from Marvel. I mean, we're talking about Chris G, obviously, from New York. And then there's a yep, whole yep. bunch of other people out there. Man. Oh, yeah. I can't even imagine. That'd be crazy. So And I, just so you know, we uh-huh. took Marvel in the J- USA versus Japan. MVC 2. Oh, yeah. We, yeah, 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 we did. <laughs> we owned that. Who was Japan's they, they watched, team they, for they, that? They wow. and everything else, but, you know, we won Marvel. Who was, who was on that? Too? Who was on that? Like, Okay, so... Th- 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 Give it okay. This was uh, after the Battle by the Bay four, uh-huh. so this was like the year two thousand. Before it was named Evo. Really. Yeah, before it was yeah. named Evo, and uh, I don't know if you guys were aware of this. The first 
USA versus Japan exhibition in Capcom game. So, have you heard of this yet, or no? I haven't heard of this. The first exhibition. Oh first, okay, yeah! Okay. I knew about I know about you versus Dago. Okay, this is uh, this is uh before that. After, this is after no, that. this is after that. After. Okay. Yeah, this is after that. Okay. So Battle by the Bay uh is pretty much uh, pre Evo, okay? As by is ran by the Cannon Brothers and they teamed up with uh, a production company called uh, uh was it Jab Strong Fierce to yeah. make uh to make a Bang the Machine documentary. Okay, so this tournament was a qualifier for to build Team USA mm. to battle versus Team Japan across, uh, I believe, four, four games. It was ST, uh, um, Third Strike, ST, Third Strike, Marvel Three, Marvel. No, sorry, Marvel Two, Marvel, Marvel two. two, Alpha Three. Yeah. Uh, yes, four games. I think it's four games. Yep, 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 yep. four games. All right. So the qualifiers uh, for Team USA was me as team captain. I won like I. I my lowest placing in, throughout all the tournaments was I got first in most of them. <laughs> so it was me, it was John Choi, it was Mike Watson, it was uh, Ricky Ortiz, it was Shen Chang, uh, it was um, Eddie Lee, and Duck Doe. Okay, there was actually seven of us, but only three of us got the full paid trip, which was me, uh, John Choi, and Mike Watson. Everybody else, like, that didn't get as much points. Uh -huh. Like they were on the team, but they had to pay their way. Duck Doe couldn't make it because of uh, passport issues, and uh, so we well R Ricky Ortiz um, had to be an emergency substitute because Ricky didn't enter uh, be, uh, battle by the uh, battle by the bay, and Ricky was was coming, at the, uh, and we we understood her skills uh, and we all kind of voted together that that would be a perfect fit. So, uh, anyways, this is ver this okay. So we had to have uh, a versatile team USA that can play all those. Games. But in Japan, their teams were five specialists yep. per oh, game. It was crazy. So it was seven versus thirty-five, and huh. it was there was this crazy shot in Bang the Machine. Hopefully, one day it, it, it's you. You know, you guys can check it out here. But you can see like just Team USA come up as the like the seven or whatever, and then thirty-five <laughs> of the Japanese best players just come, and they're like bow and everything. We're all like bow and so uh so the square off happened and uh I think believe Super Turbo was the first game. Uh I got four wins and I lost one. Choi got some wins and everybody else kinda got like beat out and the next game was uh, third strike. I was the only one to get a win. Uh, everybody else didn't didn't get uh, didn't win at all. Oh, going back on SC, hold on. The, you know where tight uh, Sagat here, the tiger, tiger, tiger. Mm -hmm. That's where that originated uh, originated from. Choi, he was the one who the first did tiger, 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 really? tiger, and that's where it came from. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, <laughs> Choi was the granddaddy of tiger of uh, Sagat. Tiger, I also yeah. picked old yeah. Sagat, but I was the new. New school old Sagat player. So um, Alpha 3 came around. It was supposed to be my strongest game. I didn't win it, uh, which was pretty sad. Uh, we got tore up in there. Then um, we tallied up the points, and uh, it, you know Japan beat us out of it. But, the, but it was actually fairly close because 
Marvel, we we skunked them, uh-huh. and uh, in Super Turbo, I since we got per- a lot of good points, it was it was actually Watson that came up a little bit short, and we actually could have won. So think about this: we the way that we were built back then was we had to be the best at multiple versions of Capcom games versus the very best of each of the Capcom game titles in an exhibition. Right. Do you think there's wow. you that's like saying that's like saying you have seven Sonic Foxes on it. There's no such thing as a seven Sonic Foxes any. There's yeah. a, there's a yeah. I, I can tell you, you there's a Sonic Fox, <laughs> there's a Justin Wong, and there's a Chris G. Like yeah. oh, oh, and sorry, there's a Taquito. Yeah, <laughs> like they can do it. But if you can kind of count on your hands how many can be the best at an era in all of the games in at every one time? Game. <laughs> you, yeah, no way. It's just tough now. No, too many it, games. It, now yeah, it's yeah. Now. It's, it's just now is really, really. It's it's unrealistic now. But even back then, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're you're fighting an unknown. You don't you don't have their video, right? They don't have our videos. But it didn't matter because their mind share was better than our mind share. Because they like Japan is the size. What people don't realize is Japan is the size of California, but right. with a hundred million more people. <laughs> okay. So, so uh, much arcades of it in Tokyo, are way right? bigger. Yeah. You, you know, so Wait, like, I didn't even know that part. I didn't even, uh, the population thing. I didn't even know that size oh, of California. Yeah. Ta- I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I thought it was maybe like small. I didn't know the population part of it. That's crazy. Oh, oh yeah. 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 So like, it, it's like, you know, Osaka and Tokyo, you know, it, that's like NorCal, SoCal, same thing. Like we, <laughs> yeah, you know, the, yeah, the dynamic yeah. is so I like, see that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like San Francisco and Los Angeles. Oh, that's kind of like the mirror image. Huh. huh. So good way to put that. There are so many great stories that we've had so far on the podcast, and I think we're gonna have to bring you guys back for a part two because there's just so much more I want to get into. About- <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> I only scratched the surface. Oh, like, no, bad, no, you you guys did. This is great. Like I am hyped right now. With there's the stuff there, I heard, so much everything more I wanted to hear and more. You know, for for, for us to get yeah. into, but also I I really do want to talk to you guys about the future of the fighting game community. Um, you know, fighting games within. Uh, the greater esports competitive community, Street Fighter Six. You know, we got a lot of things on the horizon and a lot of things that we're excited on. And um, if the podcast listeners don't know this, UIU and Level Up, we have a very great working relationship. We've done a lot together, and uh, that's the family right there. So yeah, um, we love. We're looking forward we love to, to you know to keep working together and to, to we might be building on some things behind the scenes. So you know. Uh, We'll definitely have to have you guys back for part two, but we have to get ready for our West. It's very apt, uh, apt that it is the West Coast showdown of UIU Unleashed, uh, three on three, coming up here in a little bit. But thank you so much, Alex and Jimmy, for being on, and uh, we're definitely gonna have to have you back real soon. Yeah, sorry about that. We kind of derailed oh. your whole topic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you tell two old people, hey, can you tell us about like yeah. how it used to be? We're like, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> we'll stay on top of it next time. We'll, we'll, we'll go by your cadence through next time. That? No, it's all good. This is... uh, that, yeah, I, I love that part of it, though. Like, I'm glad you, you you guys did that. But I'm glad that we also get to see some 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 new talent here tonight on our channel. Um, some new and obviously a little bit older talent. But it'll be good to watch. I'm super excited. Mm-hmm.